Binyamin Rose reports at mishpacha.com. Okay, so the do-over elections are over. So what do you do when you hold a do-over election and nobody wins? One option is you do it over again. But nobody's got the stomach for a third election, except for maybe printing and advertising companies that make a fortune from all of the campaign literature and posters. So if no one other than them has any interest in a third election, yet neither of the major parties have enough seats on their own or support from political allies to form a coalition, what's next? I'm going to work through a few possible scenarios, but first I'd like to review the procedures involved in forming a coalition. For the next two weeks, the heads of each party that won Knesset seats in this week's election will meet with President Reuven Rivlin. In those meetings, the party head will tell Rivlin who they recommend to begin the work of forming a coalition of 61 seats or more. There are only two viable options based on the results, either Bibi Netanyahu and the Likud or Benny Gantz as head of Blue and White. Crunching the numbers, though, neither of them has a viable path toward the magic number of 61. The Likud and their natural allies on the right appear to have won only 55 or 56 seats. Gantz can only count on the support of 54 to 55 Knesset members, so President Rivlin is between a rock and a hard place. No matter who he chooses, the chances of forming a government within the 28 days allotted by law after he tabs one of them are very weak. So with no viable path to 61 or more, what Rivlin will most likely do is encourage Netanyahu and Gantz to form a national unity government and agree to a rotation of the prime minister's position. On the surface, the math works. Together, both Likud and Blue and White won more than 61 seats. However, what looks good on paper doesn't always look good on the playing field. Here's why. Right after Rosh Hashanah, Netanyahu was scheduled to meet with Attorney General Avichai Mandelblit in a hearing that will determine whether Mandelblit will indict Bibi on any or all of the corruption charges leveled against him. There's no telling what Mandelblit will eventually decide, but any rotation agreement between Bibi and Gantz would probably call for Bibi serving the first two years of the new term and Gantz the next two years. Now, it's highly unlikely that Gantz would agree to sit tight for two years while Bibi battles it out in court. It's just as unlikely that Bibi would agree to step down if indicted. Under Israeli law, a prime minister is entitled to continue serving in the position until or unless he is convicted of the charges. So there's no one forcing him to resign unless he feels like it or unless his own party forces him to quit. Also an unlikely scenario considering how loyal the Likud is to Netanyahu. So that being the case, it's hard to see a national unity government getting off the ground. The next possible scenario is that Bibi has one more political miracle left in his bag of tricks. Let's say that Rivlin gives him the go-ahead to try and form a coalition to get from 55 or 56 seats to 61 or more. He would either need to lure the labor Gesher faction into his coalition, or somehow convince Victor Lieberman to join forces with Bibi and the Haredim. About the only thing that Bibi and Lieberman have in common anymore is that they both like wine and cigars but they can't agree on anything else. Remember, Lieberman didn't give an inch on any of his demands after the April election when he won only five seats. During the latest campaign, he even hardened his stances, and in addition to insisting on a Haredi draft, now he demands that Haredi schools teach secular studies to get full government funding. Lieberman thinks he's holding a winning hand, and now that he's won eight or nine seats this time around, he's not bluffing. 
That leaves Labour and Gesher under Amir Peretz. Now, this is a touch more plausible, but not much. During the campaign, Peretz pulled a stunt, shaving his trademark bushy mustache, saying that without the facial hair, it would be easier for voters to read his lips when he says he will never join a coalition with Netanyahu. Yet we all know politics is politics, and there's no saying he won't grow it back, and even maybe add a beard to make himself more palatable to the Shas and UTJ. Peretz's outreach to Orly Levy of the Gesher faction was his effort to position Labour more toward the center of the political map, which also implies that he might be willing, let's say in exchange for becoming defense minister again, to grow back his mustache and sit with Bibi and the Haredim and Ayala Chakade's Imina. Yet such a lurch to the right would be the last straw for Labour's left-wing political base and its rank-and-file members would probably call for Peretz's scalp and not just his mustache. The one scenario we didn't yet explore is that Rivlin taps Benny Gantz, who forms a coalition with the Arab parties, who want enough seats to put a center-left coalition over the top. But that would be unprecedented, both for a Zionist party to team up with an Arab party and for an Arab party to join forces with a Zionist state. Unprecedented, yes. Impossible, no. But also highly unlikely. So what this all means is that we are still at an impasse and Israel is still without a clear path to a stable government. There is one thing to be assured of, however. No matter what happens next, this game is going down to the final wire, which means don't expect any government or the next round of elections to be announced if we have to have a third round until sometime in early November. So until then, enjoy the Chagim with your families and friends, and try not to get too caught up with all this. This has been Yamin Rose at Mishpacha.com. The Rose Report at Mishpacha.com.